The News of the Brown West Ham podcast is brought to you by aasport.com forward slash West Ham. We've got Chelsea at home this Saturday and they're doing the offer again. Triple your odds on your first bet. And to get that deal, you just need to go to aasport.com forward slash West Ham. It's another pure grey morning Don't know what the day is holding And I get up right home And I walk right into the path of a lightning bolt And Edrington struck it brilliantly What a goal by Matthew Edrington The short corner routine worked a treat Curling with pace Beyond a previously unbeatable Kelvin Davis And the tie is level at 1-1 on aggregate Edrington Zamora! He's done it this time! Bobby Zamora is the man of the moment, the man of the Millennium Stadium, and West Ham have the lead in the Championship playoff final. Well, it's a fantastic ball from Matthew Edrington. Can Edrington get his good left foot to this? Oh, and Perez can't keep it out. And West Ham have a third here at Highbury. Ashton. Oh, this is Edrington. Takes on Hoopier. Edrington shot. Oh, fumbled by William. Getting Ashton. And have West Ham got to it? Yes, they have. It's the second goal. And it's the two players who only just made the team after injury. Edrington and Ashton. Welcome to the Knees Up Mother Brown West Ham podcast. Our guest this evening, 198 games for West Ham, 18 goals, according to, according to our sources at West Ham United. Uh, Hammer of the Year, 2004, Matty Everington. How you doing? Welcome to the show, Matty Everton. Matty Everton. All the mates, so many good times. So many good <laughs> Lots times. Lots of good times. Yeah. It's always exciting seeing you on the ball. Genuinely, when you get someone who's tricky on the ball, it's always so exciting to watch. Yeah, I had some good season, so yeah, I was, I was excited as well. So yeah, thanks for saying. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we, we like we, our our, uh, our technique is to go through in chronological order, which we will do. But obviously, I mean, your style, Matty, pace, clipping balls into the box. I mean, it worked like a charm, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, in I, was West quite, Ham I was quite direct. Yeah, um, but yeah, that, that was my aim: get down the wing, get to the byline, put the ball in the box, and. Uh, I did it quite a few times, and yeah, the first few seasons at West Ham were brilliant. I loved them. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's fair to say, mate. After you left, we never really had anyone that good. Do we? Matty Jarvis. No, we had Matty Jarvis, and we we're talk- talking about him. I mean, he's, he seems like a good man, but it never mm. quite clicked for him. No. You know, and he was a guy we wanted to take on the players, but he never quite got there for us. Mm. He's doing great at Norwich, but yeah, yeah. No, I think Sam bought him on the fact that um, the amount of crosses he got into the box is obviously Sam's quite big on stats, and yeah. I always think it's not about you know numbers of balls into the box it's got to be quality as well and yeah. I think that's maybe to a certain extent I've got a lot of time for Matty I know him quite well but maybe a certain, to a certain extent it's what let, let him down during his time at West Ham the balls into the box weren't of, of probably the quality that he wanted and um, that's probably why it didn't 
didn't work out for him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's wind the clock right back now to August uh, 2003. Yeah. Blue Cantrell, Breathe in the charts. Sean Paul. With Shana Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Big tune there in the charts. You're at Spurs. I think David Pleat's the manager. Is it? No, Hoddle's the manager. Hoddle's the manager. Yeah. Phone rings. Yeah. What happens? He pulled me training um, after training one day and said, uh, <laughs> fancy going? And I was like, well, where? He said, uh, West Ham. I was like, yeah. <laughs> he goes, uh, cause I wasn't, you know, I played a handful of games a season before and done really well. And he bought Christian Zieger in at the time. And any time he was fit, he was playing. So I just thought, I ain't getting a fair crack of the whip here. And plus, Freddie Canute was going the other way. So, he, you know, obviously Hoddle was keen on doing the deal. And I said, yeah, definitely do it. So uh, then that was it. Went round Glen Roder's house, met him. And, around his uh, house. Yeah. What was his house, his house like? His house was quite nice, actually. Was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. I can imagine it's in uh, Shenfield, isn't it? Quid. Yeah, Brentwood Way. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I remember. Yeah. And, been uh, round, haven't been round. In my, <laughs> in my head, it's quite antiquated. His house. Mm. Uh, <laughs> did he have a hologram of his own head? No, <laughs> not because that I saw. Anyway. The West Ham Museum used to have a hologram with a Glen Roder head. Oh, okay. Hello and welcome to yeah. the West Ham Museum. <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, he just come out of surgery actually. I think obviously he had that scar um, on his head. Yeah, yeah, that thing was. He had a problem with his with his brain. Was it? I can't. Remember. Yeah, 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 it was. Yeah, yeah. but um, he yeah. So he just come out of hospital and was getting back into the fold. Obviously, West Ham got relegated that seat that pre-season, and I quite liked him. To be fair, he seemed a nice fellow. And yeah. It it just made sense to me at the time, mm. um, and obviously you join West Ham, but it's a real kind of shambolic time for West Ham because that the players are just getting sold left, right, and centre. Mm. We're just freshly, you know, relegated. When you walked into that dressing room, what what was the atmosphere like? Was it a bit weird? Yeah, it was a bit weird. It was a bit um, fragmented in many ways. Obviously, I think Joe Cole just left. The foe was looking to leave. I think he actually ended up leaving in the January transfer window that season, and. Um, Mickey Carrick was basically the only one that said he'd stay for another season and give it a go. So, obviously, when when those sort of players are leaving, top quality players, you're yeah. thinking this could be a struggle this season. But we still had lots of lots of, lots of quality in the team, and uh, you know, I was it's, at the end of the day, Sam's a huge club, and it we didn't deserve to be in the Championship, and um, it was about getting the team out of the Championship and getting into the Premier League. When Rhodes had come, when you had that chat round his house, did he say to you, by the way, we're going to swell? We're going to sell a lot of players here. Like he said, yeah, he said there's going to be a, a big turnover of players, and obviously the majority of the players leaving are going to be the mm-hmm. better ones. Uh, but it didn't bother me. Obviously, I knew West Ham were a huge club with a huge fan base, and it, it just really appealed to me. And obviously, it was still in London as well, which yeah. was, you know, so I didn't have to relocate on. I think, and it just made sense, and I'm glad I did it. Yeah. Um, so first game of the season I think 9th of August Preston away yeah. your debut yeah. word on the street we're picking up players on the, in the coach at service stations <laughs> on the way there that's the rumour is yeah. was there any truth to that no I don't oh, well, really? not that I can remember anyway. <laughs> Neil, Maybe. Neil Meller I think it was yeah, who, didn't we pick up oh, Neil yeah, Meller on route right. yeah. I forgot about that <laughs> Yeah, he didn't train with the lads, yeah. So it's true. <laughs> it is true, yeah. We did pick him up on the way. God, he actually done all right. You thought yeah. he was stopping for Little Chef? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah it was... Um, was was it arranged chef. or was he just in KFC at Newport Pagnell? <laughs> <laughs> oh, hang on a minute. Yeah. Well, I mean, That's Neil Miller, right? He's doing kick-ups to the side, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was... Uh, obviously, it was, it was difficult, but... We did all right, I suppose. I think we, did we win that game? Yeah, we did. We won. Yeah. I think we won 2-1 that day. Yeah. And of course, you set up a goal. You set up I a did. goal. Yeah. David Connolly. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. In front of the West Ham fans. Yeah. No, I actually remember that, David. I thought I did okay. So it was a... Um, yeah, it was a, it was a relatively good debut. So I was happy with that. 
Are you nervous on the debut? Did you get nervous for matches? I anyway? was more nervous for the home game, <laughs> especially because we I was I was drive, uh, driving down. There's a pub on the left. As you come, say you're driving towards a Bobby Moore statue. Yeah. You've got the ground on your right hand side. What's the name of that road called? You know, is it uh, the Barking Road? Yeah, Barking Road's the main one. And then there's Bowling yeah. Pub on the corner. Yeah, that's it. So I'm yeah. driving down that road. There's a pub on the left about, before that junction, about 300, 400 yards. I can't, is it the, the, the captain or something like that? Anyway, quite a long story short, there's a load of West Ham fans outside. And I've got the window down. <laughs> Big mistake. <laughs> and uh, they, obviously they knew I'd come from Tottenham and that. And uh, they were like, we don't want you here, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Welcome. Like, I swear, yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm thinking. <laughs> Would you say that? <laughs> I mean, it's oh. uh, yeah, I think obviously because I'd come from Tottenham, the fans weren't yep. happy at the time of everything that was going on at the club. Yeah. All the players leaving, so I understood. But that made me nervous then when, when I had a little bit of abuse. It was probably half a dozen fans, but I was thinking, oh, okay, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to win them over. <laughs> um, so it's, it's a, it was obviously a mixed start for Glenn Roder. I mean, what were your working with him? Did you do you think this is the guy to lead us out of the championship, or was it clear that he was a bit out of his depth? Uh, it's nice the way as I can put it. Like I said, he's a lovely fella, but he probably wasn't the man to take us out, get us out of the championship. And I think that was clear for everyone to see, and hence that's probably why he left when he did. You know. Mm. I, mean, I think Rufus. I think it was Rufus Brevet, Brevet who said on this podcast. You know, it, it was. I, I think Ian Pierce as well. That he couldn't handle the big personalities. Mm. Was that clear even when yeah. when you joined the club? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He couldn't handle it. Yeah, without a doubt. And um, you know, when you got players ruling the roost and and not the manager, you, you've always got problems. And you know, yeah. first and foremost, manager's got to dictate to the players what he wants from them, etc. And that wasn't happening. So yeah, he had to go. Mm. Um, the last player we had in the studio was Ian Pearce and you've kind of taken over the timeline from here I think you shared like half a season together mm. and obviously a big a famous game in West Ham folklore was the defeat to Rotherham which cost Glenn Roder his job and the, the word on the street was that West Ham were too kind of a Premier League to go use the Rotherham changing rooms I wonder, mm. I wonder I mean, what was your memories of Glenn Roder's last game and yeah, I, getting I think changed on the coach yeah, yeah we did get changed on the coach yeah I forgot about that <laughs> <laughs> my memory's shocking um, yeah the, the, Again, probably a big mistake, wasn't it? You know, if, if the opposition find out you ain't getting changed in their change room because you know we're Premier League West Ham kind of thing, it gives them yep. an extra incentive, doesn't it? And it, you know, it's not the right thing to do. I, yeah, I remember getting changed on the coach, and obviously we had a few big units in the team, so the, the change rooms were really small. small. <laughs> but um, yeah, like Ian Pearce himself, but yeah, you don't do it. They are simple as that, and yep. uh, yeah. Big mistake, I suppose. I mean, Glen Roder was sacked pretty sharpish after that game. I mean, mm. how did you find out the news? Did was it on the coach or? <sighs> no, I can't. <laughs> can't remember. <laughs> uh, I, I think I found out when I, I got home. I think, and um, obviously, and Trevor Booking took over, didn't yeah, he? So, yeah. um, obviously, a legend. So, but you could, you could tell as well with Trevor, he, he didn't really want the job. He, he, he was doing it, you know, because he we were out of manager and he, he wanted to help the club out but he was never interested in becoming a manager I don't think um, I mean the results improved immediately under Trevor mm. Brooking and everyone says he was a, such a great manager and like, the players mm. wanted him to have the job I mean, what was it about him that, that produced Just his aura obviously he'd been there and done it that helps I think when, yep. when you've got a manager that does that and um, but he was a good fella as well and I think the lads have had respect for him instantly and that always helps. That's a f first and foremost of the manager. I think you need that more than anything else, and, and he had that in abundance. Mm -hmm. What of his kind of did he have a, a, allegedly a continental style of management, shall we say, where like he didn't get involved with the training so much? No, he didn't he do no training. Of... No, I think, I can't, was it Kevin Keener did it? I can't remember. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, he was very um, very laid back, just sat on the sidelines, 
um, watched, you know, watching brief, so to speak. So, he, he, but then when he said his piece, he, he spoke a lot of sense, to be fair. Yeah. Mm. Um, but then, so obviously, he didn't want the job full time. In comes Alan Pardew, who's a, a manager to feature quite heavily in your career over the next few years. Mm. Do you remember what were your initial impressions of that man? Initial impressions were he'd come to watch, I can't remember what game we were playing, but he'd come to watch the. Um, first game and he was sit, sat up in the stands and I come off injured I think I was in the change rooms after about 70 minutes so I was just watching it on the screen in the change rooms and uh, he's come down and gone um, I had a chance of signing you when I was at Reading and I was like oh did you? He said yeah he goes obviously you were still at Spurs I said I, goes, I didn't fancy you to be honest I, I, I pulled out the deal I was like oh well, that's nice to know he goes welcome <laughs> yeah he said uh, he goes but I'll tell you what he goes I, I made a mistake he goes I, you know, I think you're a great player and I'm going to build a team around you so when he said that, I was like, "That'll do me," you know. So I was, I was happy with that, and uh, you know, I, I played really well under him. I had a lot of time for him, to be honest. He was a good manager. That's such good man management. That when you hear things like that, yeah. Yeah. it's really good way to, psychologically, really strong, is it? To yeah, make exactly. Yeah, that's what they. Really man management-wise, he was brilliant. Tactically, I think people underestimate him as well. He was yeah. very good tactically, and um, obviously, people got a lot of opinions on Alan Pardew, but mm. I liked him. Yeah, I mean, like you say, man management. He seemed to be able to whip everyone up and mm. you know as we'll talk about later later on in your career there was times when he really needed an atmosphere at West Ham and he managed to whip the fans up he did up. yeah he did um, what, what was it what was it about his man management skills that kind of got um good question well we talk it's funny we talk about look, the difference between someone like Pard and someone like Big Sam oh, Big Roman. Sam never mm. embraced the fans he never yeah. went I could, never spoke about the West Ham way and all that nonsense or no nonsense um, he Big Sam never did that whereas Pards wore the t- literally wore the t-shirts yeah. <laughs> you know and was jumping in the, into mm. the fans and really embraced that way of life and way of thinking and that's the, I think that's a big difference between the two of them as, mm. as personalities oh definitely you've got to embrace the fans first and foremost you can't be you know <laughs> fighting up against the fans like, like Sam did to a certain extent you're never going to win are you as no. simple as that but he, was, he was brilliant I think the fans took to him um, obviously there was rocky patches as well I remember so, was it in the Premier League when we got promoted we played was it Watford at home with A.D. Boudreau as manager and they were calling for his head I think that was a season actually he went wasn't it Yeah. Um, but obviously every manager goes through those periods but on the whole I thought he was top class and um, man management wise he, he just had the players on side he he was one of the lads sometimes but you knew there was a line and you couldn't cross it and he was very good in, in that respect and um yeah, all the players had a lot of time for him. Yeah, that first season he was in charge. Obviously, a difficult patch. But mainly, it was just like a big run of draws, like that mm. happened. A lot that kind of dragged us down. We were we were in and about, but the last four games of the season, I think we won three and drew one and and got cemented yeah. our place in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I mean, we were we fortunate to get into the playoffs. Do you think by the end of that first season? We definitely started over the line, didn't we, in, in respect of getting in the playoffs, but I think we were in the top six best sides in the league, without a doubt. There was no mm. doubt about that. But I just think when you're playing for such a big club in the Championship, as we were obviously for West Ham, there's a weight of expectation from the fans. Mm. The fans are expecting yeah. you to win every week, which is fair enough, and they're you know rightly entitled to, to think that. But at home, there were some games, and you know, I remember playing teams like Gillingham and that, no disrespect to them, but you know, we're expected to turn up and, and win. and one game I can't remember who it was against but we were tuning up at half time and the fans were fans weren't happy with the performance which is which is fine which is fine I can understand it but you know when you've got when that's happening you're thinking what well, you know what we got yeah, to do here kind yeah. of thing you know so mm-hmm. it was um it was interesting but and it probably there was a an added 
sense of expectation. But we got to two playoff finals under him. Obviously, the first one was a was a write off, horrendous game, and, and we were we were shocking on the day as were Palace, but they they got that goal, and uh, the second year was was much better. Yeah, I mean, um, so that that first is the last game of the season. We got Wigan away, we're one 0 down, minutes to go. Brian Dean scores last minute equaliser, mm. which knocks Wigan out of the playoffs and puts Palace in. Mm. I mean, it's unbelievable. Isn't it? <laughs> did you that summer, obviously with the heartbreak that was to follow, did you think about that moment much? I'll be honest, I was, no, because I was just devastated about losing. Mm. It, it's such a big build up, and obviously the amount of fans that that we brought to the game. Everything about it, you know, the chairman starts turning up for training and having a look over, and you're thinking, "All oh, right, this might have a couple oh, of yeah. big games coming up here," because yeah. you just realise the importance of it to everyone yeah. financially. You know, getting back into the Premier League, where obviously West Ham belong. Um, you know, there's huge pressure there. So it was more the disappointment of of losing that game, not performing as as we know we can perform, um, and then thinking, "I've got another season in Championship," yeah. which isn't, you know, it's a hard league. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny hearing that from a player. When as a fan, it's very similar. Yeah, like I can't believe, I can't believe yeah. it. But before the heartbreak of the final, of course, there was two legs with Ipswich, um, which I mean, you were man of the match. I think for both of them were very, mm. you know, very well rated. But that yeah, the game right. that everyone talks about is obviously mm. the second leg at mm. Alton Park, the most frenetic, crazy atmosphere ever. I think the man came out with a horn to start to start proceedings. <laughs> yes, I, I mean, forgot about that. For me, the greatest game I've ever seen at Upton Park. Um, I mean, what Lots would people say that? To be honest, yeah, it's, it was it was a special, special night. Obviously, again, huge expectation to win the game, being one nil down, and I thought we we played well on the night, but it, it took obviously I think around sixty minutes I scored, didn't I? Mm. And just the relief in the ground when that ball went into the back of the net and. I think Pards ran into the crowd but when I've played the goal back before which I've done many times I'm not, I'm not going to uh, be shy to admit that but um, yeah just everyone went mental didn't they it, yeah. was, it was I went mental I took my shirt off yeah yeah. it was uh, what a feeling can't, I can't describe it it's just it was the most amazing feeling I ever had from scoring a goal simple as that yeah I mean I mean, watch it again on YouTube. I'm sure West Ham fans will remember it well. But I mean, what a strike, Matt! Yeah, I just caught it so pure. And one of their players was sliding in, and it's gone under his leg somehow. I don't know. How it's miss. He's he's missed blocking it. But yeah, as soon as I hit it, it, it was in, and uh, straight into the top corner. Yeah, yeah. No, amazing scenes. And then, of course, we go on to win that game. Yeah. Christian Daly controlling Christian the ball Daly. with his nutsack, yeah. just <laughs> slotting it into I'll the, put the corner. In for that, as well, oh yeah. yeah, set one up as well. I mean, at full time. Just, I mean, what was the what was the ah, dressing room like? Yeah, we were we were bouncing off the walls, so it was amazing. Absolutely, one of the best nights I've ever had on a football field. Simple as that. Probably the best. Mm. Um, yeah, can't you know? The fans were were tremendous. The noise in that stadium that night. I've never heard anything like it since, to be honest. Um, it was, it's just like you said. It's one of them nights you'll never forget, and I, I definitely won't forget it. Mm. With the kind of bowling ground, it's uh, you know only got a, a year left. I mean, for you, is that the outstanding memory of? Well, it is for me personally, yeah, yeah, without a doubt. There's there's nothing that comes close to it. With just the whole feeling in the stadium that night, I think it was actually quite a nice night as well, wasn't it? It was uh, blue skies and um, the lights were on, and yeah, just uh, everything about it was special. Yeah. And then, of course, the next game, the final, it all went wrong. We spoke to Steve Lomas, who said he felt that maybe the team peaked in that, that semi-final, winning that 2-0. But what do you feel feel went wrong? Yeah, Steve could be right. 
it was just a non-event. We just didn't turn up. Yeah. I don't. I can't tell you why. I honestly can't. But it was it was the worst feeling in the world coming off that pitch, knowing that you've done all that. That's you know, scraped into the playoffs. Had that night at Upton Park, which was you know special as it gets, and then to to not follow it up and and to get beat by Palace, who were poor as well, was um was hard to take. To be honest, it took it took me a good well till got, really I got back for pre season to mm. to get over it. I was <laughs> at the right um, full summer. <laughs> yeah, I mean a real heartbreak. But I wonder like. Did, do you think the, the impact having that defeat helped you over the next couple of years? Because, of course, you were going to go back to Cardiff two years mm. on, a, on the trot after that. Do you think it helped you in any way? It helped, of? yeah. Obviously, we knew the stadium. We knew the disappointment of, of losing there, going all that way with the fans. Obviously, you know, we brought thousands and thousands of fans and and the disappointment of losing. And we didn't want to... Ironically, we were in the same change room for, the, for those three years as well. So it was kind of an environment we knew and mm. um, it definitely helped in, in the next two years, without a doubt. And we performed well in those two games. Yeah, so obviously difficult summer, but then you go back into training and you've got Teddy Sheringham there, Luke, mm. Luke Chadwick, after all the work he's got done, he's looking like David Hasselhoff. <laughs> you've got, Is Hasselhoff the best-looking guy you could think of? Yeah, that's right. Or Bon Jovi. I mean, <laughs> Michael Bolton <laughs> Steven Seagal <laughs> uh, and then of course Jimmy Walker in there too and of yeah. course Sergey Rebrov joins yeah Sergey so, yeah. I mean, uh, that <laughs> yeah no it's, obviously Teddy was a great signing he was uh, he's fantastic in the change rooms he was, he was, he was brilliant and great example to, to everyone the way he worked and that and uh I think that was that was the main signing. He he was top class. Mm. What about Sergey Rebrov? Less of a. I played with Sergey at Tottenham when he was the new. Well, they've bought him for like fifteen million or something. Mm, and big money. Yeah, he, he didn't have the best of, of times at Tottenham either. And no. um, yeah, he's, he's actually a lovely fellow, Sergey. <laughs> quite funny as well, quite witty and that. But um, yeah, not the best of times for him either. Let's <laughs> be honest. Did he show flashes of class? Yeah, he did. He did. He had a shot on him. He'd, you know, he'd be useless in training and all of a sudden he'd hit one from 40 yards and it'd fly on the top corner he had that in the bag but it just didn't do it often enough mm. and what about Jimmy Walker memories yeah, Jimmy was a great lad he um <laughs> God, stories about him which I cannot say on, on this but just a funny funny man first and foremost but um a good keeper as well he, he had some really good games for West Ham obviously um saving Lampard's penalty he's gone down in folklore isn't he so. yeah we spoke to him about that yeah. yeah. Oh, he likes talking about it. <laughs> 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 the News of the Brown West Ham podcast is brought to you by aasport.com forward slash West Ham. And they're continuing to do the offer in partnership with kumb.com and this podcast, whereby you get triple your odds on your first bet. So at home to Chelsea this Saturday, you know, if you were to bet on three to one, that will become nine to one on your first bet. Incredible scenes. Um, so that second season, you're, uh, you made 44 appearances in total, and um, I mean there was a lot of great moments, like you say, like, like that night at Stamford Bridge, mm. um, where we put in a hell of a performance, and obviously towards towards the end of the season. But did you feel like you were in good form that year? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I, I thought the team was was coming together. Pardew was instilling this this team ethic that maybe wasn't there in that first or not as much there in, in, in the, f- the first season under him where we got beat to Palace so um, things were coming together nicely I thought and again you know we we did probably didn't perform to our full capabilities in the league over, over that that's, uh, whole season but it's a tough league you're playing Monday, yeah. Tuesday or Monday I'm sorry Saturday, Tuesday or Saturday, Wednesday and it's not easy to recover. I know people say, "Oh, you're a professional footballer and all that," but you've got to recover. And yep. sometimes mentally and physically. And um, 
yeah, it, it takes its toll on you. But we coped with it better. Um, and yeah, ultimately we were there in the end, which was which was brilliant. Yeah, did the pressure? Did it feel like it mounted after like losing the first yeah. final in that second series? Oh, season? without a doubt, yeah, yeah. Was, I've never felt nerves like it before that playoff final against Preston because mm. we just thought we cannot get beat here. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, one we wouldn't be allowed back in East London, and, <laughs> and two, it, you know, just that disappointment and knowing you've got to go through it all again. It yeah. just it was. Um, and we, like I keep saying, West Ham need to be in the Premier League. It's as simple as that. And you know, we had a, we had the weight of expectation on our soul, on our shoulders. Sorry, and but like I said, we got there. So that yeah, was, uh, that was uh, the be all and end all. You kind of touched on it there. But it was a difficult season, but the, the end of it really, we went a tremendous yeah. run. I think we was it. We we uh, lost only one of our last ten games. So a hell of a run of form. And then to mm. get into the playoffs and then play Ipswich again. So going into the playoffs this year, were you a bit more confident? Did you feel like we're much more of a better team oh yeah without a doubt yeah I thought we were much better than, than the season before and you know obviously every manager makes bad signings but I think on the whole party signings were decent mm. and um, they helped the team obviously Mickey Carrick leaving was a blow mm. he was top class but um, yeah we were definitely more more well equipped to, to go to the final and, and to win it um, so Ipswich you're playing them again in the playoffs first leg this time at Upton Park mm. um, I think it was Ian Westlake who just manhandles you over both legs yeah. it's noted in like every match report you'll read <laughs> um, but we go 2-0 up and then throw it away in the second half know, and do 2-2 yeah. in that first leg yeah. I mean pfft. yeah that was you know we come back in the change room after that game and thought we might have blown it here we were devastated that they'd come back into the game but then it, we went to Portman Road and it was the Marlon and Bobby show I think and they, they were brilliant on the night yeah. and um, it was a great team performance to be fair everyone everyone done their bit but we absolutely battered them and uh yeah, that, that was a really good night. It was when you were sick of the sick of the sight of us, <laughs> weren't they? Two, yeah, yeah, two yeah. playoff um We're surprisingly good in playoff semi finals. <laughs> yeah. In yeah, Cardiff so. last time we just yeah, kind of walked yeah. past them, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. true, yeah. Remember that. Um what the was the atmosphere different after this semi final playoff? Did, did was the the dressing room like okay, now it's Don't Yeah, it, it probably was. Like. Yeah. After the, the Ipswich game probably led by myself because I'd scored that goal but I said I was like right we're all out and we uh, we celebrated which is fine the, the playoff final wasn't for another couple of weeks I don't think mm. but um, yeah this time was more of a and I think the manager said as well he said right you know we ain't done nothing yet yeah. we've got to win this final yeah. simple as that and we were like you know yeah, you're right. Does it help so. when you've got, I guess, someone like Teddy Sheringham who's been there and done that and has won lots yeah, of stuff yeah. to suddenly go, guys, you know, yeah. this is only the beginning? Yeah, no, definitely. Obviously, Teddy had won Champions League finals, yeah. isn't that? so <laughs> it's a bit different. But, um, yeah, that experience is priceless. And, and Teddy, Teddy's one of them that would, you know, the top, top players, when they do well, they want to do even better the next week. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's what Teddy tried to install into us. Mm-hmm. So the Preston game, the final, um, nervy kind of initial start. You go close, but Tommy Repka's up there hitting the post. I know, yeah. What, <laughs> yeah. what was that about? Tommy could be anywhere during the ninety minutes <laughs> on the football pitch. Can yeah. he? he was uh, he was in there and everywhere. But yeah, often not on the pitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very true. <laughs> God, he was a character. Um, but yeah, I thought we deserved it in the end, and obviously I've supplied the cross for Bobby yeah, for his lovely. scuff finish. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but they all count, didn't they? It was a good finish, to be fair. He put it into the corner, but he wasn't the truest of strikes, was it? But, um, yeah, that was when that goal went in. We knew we'd won it, really. Really? So, like full-time celebrations must have been something. Yeah, they were good. They were good. Probably 
Jimmy Walker led them all. Uh, <laughs> yeah, as on he crutches. always does on crutches. Yeah, yeah. He was on the dance floor, and the, the, the physio and the doctor were like, "What are you doing?" He just doesn't appreciate, it. and he was like, "I don't care." He had his crutches in the air. And he was, it was, it was brilliant. Uh, it was obviously they're good times. If you don't celebrate those times, you're not going to celebrate. Yeah, anything. yeah. yeah. Did, did Pards pull you aside and say, "Look, lad, you saved my job." Uh, he didn't, but we kind of knew that anyway. To be honest. <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, yeah, brilliant times. That was an amazing day. Yeah, it's a funny. It's kind of like a sliding doors moment. We lose that playoff final. You wonder if Pardew would be at Palace. Like, yeah, it could have, could have, that could have been it for him. Yep. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, but of course, like what happened the following season after that. So we're now oh five oh six. I mean, the start of that season was going to be something really special. And coming in that summer, uh, a good pal of yours, James Collins, yeah, comes in, signs the club. When yeah. you did, when you immediately like, did you meet him for the first time that that yeah, summer? Yeah, that was it. Yeah. And did you think yeah. this is a top man? Uh, <laughs> I'll be completely honest. <laughs> Me and Ginge weren't obviously we're acquaintances. We, yeah. we we were in the same change room and that. But I was closer to other like like. Uh, different lads than I was ginged at the start but we we just grew closer I suppose I don't know why but we just did <laughs> he's, um, but yeah he's a top man ginge yeah and he's still there now still, still there now shoes. yeah exactly and um, yeah whenever called upon I always think he does a decent job obviously yeah, he he, he's um, he's going to struggle I think this year with with Tomkins and Reed, they're playing at the minute, but you've got Bonner as well. He's, he's probably fourth choice, isn't he? But mm. it's not a bad, bad fourth choice to have, is he? Yeah, yeah they don't. Right. He might appreciate the rest because he's got a busy summer next year. He has, he yeah, now? he has, he has indeed. He was. I spoke to him at the weekend actually, and uh, he obviously he was buzzing. They were all they were all buzzing and uh, well overdue. I think. You know, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah no, did, just on the subject of Ginge, you tweeted uh, that West Ham were kind of mm. letting him go. Was he? Is it difficult now? He's, he ch- he chose to stay, didn't he? Or I don't yeah. know the actual situation. What happened? Is it difficult from his point of view to? I mean, he seems like a man who just gets his head down and gets on with it. Yeah, he was just. He didn't want to go. It's as simple as that, really. He wanted to stay at the club, and he just he was hearing things from from different people. You know, there's a million agents out there that are trying to wheel and deal and say this, say that, and he was just hearing things that the club were trying to get rid of him and yep. he was just disappointed with that in, in that respect. But I think Bonner got injured um, just round about the window or t- a week before the window and I think any chance of him going then was squashed obviously because they needed cover for yep. Tompkins and Reed then so it, it didn't happen and uh, he's only got a year left and he so it'd be interesting to see what happens in January and obviously then in the summer. Yeah. Um, going back to 2005 so obviously atmosphere around the, the, the club must have been incredible returning to Premiership you've done your job I mean mm. and then you go out and have a great start of the season won four of the first <sighs> six games yeah. like, and I think everyone had written West Ham off more yeah. or less no they had yeah. I, I spoke to a few people actually and they're all saying that we were certainties to go down but uh, we had a young hungry team at that time really hungry and we, always, we had a point to prove in the Premier League and um, yeah we were doing that we, we got off to a flyer Anton Ferdinand especially he, I mean he cemented himself and became yeah. like a really good player yeah. Anton and Gabs were a great partnership centre half they, they were really really good both mm. you know decent on the ball and um, had a bit of pace as well you know, like I said it was a young team Nigel and, and Hayden in the middle full of energy again um, Pardew brought Yossi in that season they was a great sign in Yossi mm. um, and me on the other side it was, it was a decent little team yeah. yeah, you mentioned that name there, Nigel Rio Coco. Obviously, he'd been made uh, captain the season before. I mean, as a character, he seemed a bit challenging, shall we say? Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't imagine he was much of a laugh. What were uh, your what were your impressions of like playing with him? Do, do you know what he was? He was a decent enough player, Nigel. Like, you know, 
very strong on the ball. Um, the only problem I think he had, and that's why he probably didn't go on um, to the places where he thought he was going, is because he thought he was better than he was to a certain extent. Mm. Um, you always uh, got that sense about him. Yeah, yeah. thought that. But he, but he, he had some very good games for West Ham. Like you know, when he was running with the ball, players, you know, opponents can get near him because he was so strong. Mm. Um, but yeah, maybe it just everything that went on and, and the success at West Ham, and then obviously moving to Villa, it probably just got a little bit um, to his head a little bit too much, and, and that's mm. ultimately what cost him. Yeah, because now I think he's playing his trade in Canada, isn't he? He's playing with Drogba now, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, Montreal, I think. Yeah, oh, maybe it has worked out then. <laughs> <laughs> Down on the same wage. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that initial, that initial, the start of that season, Pardew and Wenger kicking off. Yeah, the off yeah, yeah. What is that like as a player when you see a manager? I find it funny. I can't stand, stand Wenger either. So it was, it was brilliant. Yeah, Pardew wasn't having none of it, and uh, yeah, that was. Uh, we won that game, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think didn't you cross it? I crossed Herwood, it. Yeah, for Herwood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The last one it was. I remember yeah. celebration. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going mental. Um, I mean, you. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing about that, that, I mean, that isn't even the memorable game against Arsenal that season because you go on and become the last team yeah. to beat Arsenal at Highbury, and you know, yourself had a, a fantastic game that night. I mean, what a performance! From that, that was unbelievable. And I think Bobby put pay to Sol Campbell's career that night. He come yeah. off at half time, didn't come he? Off at yeah. half time, yeah. went, uh, went home, straight yeah. in a cab. You played so well, you made a player go home in <laughs> a cab at half time. <laughs> I remember for the goal, he just literally shoved him off, didn't he? He's yeah. like, get down. And yeah, we were brilliant that night, every one of us. And uh, yeah, not many teams were winning at Highbury at that time, so were mm-hmm. they? So for us to go there and, and put in a performance like that was, was really good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you play for West Ham, you play for Spurs as well. I mean, it must, make, must be nice to think I was in the team that beat Arsenal <laughs> yeah. for the last time. Oh, no one can yeah. take that from No, me. no. And we were the first team to win there as yeah. well, weren't we? Yeah, the Emirates first team to win at Yeah, I mean, that's still Charlie. That, I mean, that must make you proud. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> and I'll be completely honest, I can't stand Arsenal either, so it makes it even better. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a decent league, league, league performance that year. I think we finished n- uh, ninth. Uh, before we talk about the Cup, we should talk about Tottenham, fourth place. Uh, you stopped mm. them in the last game in an incident that became known Lasagna as Lasagna. Games. Yeah. Um, I mean, take me through that day. When when did you first get wind that something was getting wind? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, <laughs> I we knew in the changing rooms that like the team bus hadn't turned up yet from Spurs, and we knew something was going on. Oh, really? And uh, then a couple of lads were outside the changing rooms and speaking to another couple of the Tottenham boys, and they were saying you know, they're in trouble, like <laughs> coming out both ends. And um, <laughs> so we, you know, obviously word spreads very quickly and uh, we thought right we've got a hell of a chance here let's, let's, <laughs> knock, let's knock them out and uh, that's it that's what happened uh, yeah 2-1 I mean it was a, a great it was a carnival atmosphere wasn't yeah it, it was yeah it was it was brilliant that was, those games against Tottenham were, were good they are really good obviously the Chelsea games as well but I think the Tottenham's always got a added spice to it which I liked they, they were good mm, added spice another uh, yeah. reference there. Yeah. <laughs> when you were on the pitch with the, the, the Spurs lads that day was part of you like I need to give them a bit, a bit of distance here I don't want to be <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the summer no, we, we got told it was food poisoning so you can't catch food poisoning oh, right, yeah, you'll yeah, be yeah, fine yeah. So, oh, of course yeah <laughs> yeah no we were we were laughing more than anything <laughs> yeah, they, they, were, they were in trouble you could tell like their faces were like white and really you know, they, they were really struggling like breathing heavily and you're thinking <laughs> Lovely. If we, do, if, we don't, if we don't beat these today, we'll never beat them. So. 
<laughs> Did you know many of the, the lads like in I was Mickey Carrick. Did yeah, he play? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he played or cut and come off or he he didn't play, I can't remember. But yeah, yeah. I know a few of them. Yeah, mm. yeah. Good times, yeah. Good times. Well, of course, um, that that season really is in wet, like going to be ingrained in West Ham folklore for many years because we got to the FA Cup final that year and the FA Cup run: Norwich, Blackburn, Bolton, City away, Borough in the final, Liverpool, um, uh, Liverpool in the final. Mm. I mean, tough. That was a tough run. It was, yeah, really tough. And you played every game. I did. I nearly missed the final because Christian yeah. Daly done me in training. <laughs> but, um, and I was devastated when he done that because my ankle just completely went from underneath me and the oh. ligaments snapped a lot. So I was, I had three weeks to get fit and luckily, part said if if you get fit enough, you're playing. So I just worked worked my backside off for three weeks, night and day, and, and luckily I've, I was all right to play in the final. So that was a hairy moment to say the least yeah I mean Christian Daly I mean it's a, it's a man we've been trying to hunt down for several oh, years now he's a man of mystery <laughs> I mean uh, what, what are your thoughts on him obviously aside uh, from he that was tackle good, great lad yeah very good professional like the ultimate professional you'll never meet a more dedicated footballer in all your life he was an absolute machine didn't have an ounce of fat on him um and he loved West Ham to be fair to him yeah. and, and I, I forgave him for that tackle <laughs> actually come to the hospital and uh, oh did he yeah so he, he, he didn't feel too good about it I beat him on the outside we played a practice game up to park and I'd gone past him and he's just slid in so late and just literally snapped my ankle <laughs> I was like what are you doing Pards must have been furious yeah you weren't happy yeah oh man um but the, so the semi-final, uh, Borough, Villa Park, 78 minutes, Harewood smashes it mm. in there. Good I goal. Mean, yeah. Yeah, very but, good goal. What were your thoughts, what were your memories of that day? Nerve-wracking again. Mm. Obviously, all the semi-finals now are played at Wembley, but I quite like it when you play at neutral venues. And Villa Park's a nice stadium when it's mm. full. And uh, West Ham, obviously, as, as they always do, brought thousands of fans up there. And remember the game, wasn't the best, it wasn't the best of games, was scrappy, it? Yeah, yeah, it was quite scrappy and... Middlesbrough were, were a decent enough side at the time. They're doing okay in Europe, and uh, uh, yeah, we, it was any goal we could take, and we take it. And, and Marlon produced. Yeah. yeah, I mean, was the pre- how? What was the difference in pressure between the playoffs and, the, and like an FA Cup semi-final? Different. Um, there was more pressure in the playoff games. I think mm. this was okay. It's an FA Cup semi-final. Okay, we can play in an FA Cup final. You, you're still getting the nerves in that. But um, there was definitely seemed like there was more on the playoff games. Yeah, yeah. So we get to the final. Get to the final. Liverpool. I mean, no, we didn't really have much of a, no people writing us off yeah. more or less for that too. Mm. But then of course you take. Uh, we go one nil up. Yeah. What were you uh, thinking then? We went two 0 up, didn't we? In about twenty minutes. <laughs> no, it, was yeah. just, it was ridiculous. Um, honestly, thought it was our year. I really did. Obviously, mm. it was the own goal, the first one. And then Jeremy Dino Carrigan, scored yeah. the second one well, from my scuff shot. A- <laughs> it was the most horrendous shot. I don't know how he's filled it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Dino's got in, and and all of a sudden you're thinking, right, we've got a hell of a chance now. Um, Liverpool fans were stunned, and they they got a goal just before half time, didn't they? Yeah, Cisse, Cisse, was it? Yeah. yeah, and I, you know, you, if we could have gone in at half time two 0 I I'd have fancied us to go all the way, I think, and and to have won it. But again, we were still three two up with, with yeah. a couple of minutes to go, and. Mm. We all know what happened then. Yeah. I don't like talking about it. When he gets to 2-2, I mean, were you like, oh, we've done it, we've lost it now, we're not getting this back? No, we were still in the game. We were yeah. playing well, weren't we? Yeah. So I, I didn't think that at all. And um, they put in a lot of effort to actually get it back to 2-2. And uh, and Conch had his cross come shot. Yeah, he maintains it's a shot, by the way, going in <laughs> over the weekend. Absolutely no shot. chance <laughs> is that a shot. It's a cross all day long. Um, 
but yeah, we went in, great goal. And uh, I come off after about 75, 80 minutes. I've done well yeah. to last that long, so we had no training beforehand. And uh, I was actually on the bench next to Ginge and saying, <laughs> my words to him were, imagine the night we're going to have tonight. Oh, oh no! Put the bock on us, I think. Oh, no. <laughs> well, you, I think you, you came off in the 85th minute. 85th was so, it. So, like, right. just, I mean, you're so close, you can yeah. taste it. Yeah. What was it? He scored about a minute ago, did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was like bang on. I think it's just oh. like 89 minutes and 50 seconds, something mm. like that. I'll blame Scaloni. Yeah. What's he doing? I don't know. So, Only he can answer that. So Scaloni apparently at the party afterwards was just inconsolable. Is, is that your memory, or did you not even dare look at him? <laughs> I don't think I looked at him. I'll be, no, yeah, obviously he was devastated, and um, the, all the lads were. Yeah. You know, the last time West Ham won the, won the FA Cup was 1980, wasn't it? So yeah. you know we were that close to be to go down in history of this unbelievable mm. football club. So yeah. It Just still hurts me now, to be honest. Oh, that, was, time. that was the only time, 10 seconds before Gerard scored, was the only time I thought, we're going to win the FA Cup <laughs> in your life literally I just yeah. thought all, up until that moment I thought there's no way we'll get through this and I thought we might actually and I remember people around me were just starting everyone was so nervous they are just starting to sing bubbles and it was just starting to happen and then boom oh. Oh. the thing is though, it's not it's not only Gerard's last minute equaliser you've got Het Marlon missing mm. a chance in the last we can, on, on, his, on his leg with cramp yeah, yeah he, no it was his ankle I think yeah, his it, ankle yeah. was knackered and he couldn't put any weight on it yeah and and our pen- penalties at the end were a shambles, weren't they? Let's be honest. Mm. <laughs> Did you, you practice? practice? Yeah. No. No. Uh, no. No. But you know, I'd like to think show. if I was still on the pitch, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd have definitely took one. And um, but yeah, I just remember Anton's one, and oh, it, wasn't, it was shocking. It was feeble, wasn't it? To say the least. When you heard who was taking penalties, were you like, really? Yeah. I, I think it was more of a case that whoever put their hand up, mm. and you, to be to be fair, you've got to have some. Balls to, mm. to put your hand up in an FA Cup final yeah. for and, and take so for, you know all credit to them, but it helps if you stick the ball in the back of the net as well. Yeah, yeah, and I mean this kind of the end of an era that game really because yeah. you know the wheels kind of came off a bit the following season. The owners change, mm. got Tevez and Mascherano. Dean Ashton refers to that kind of period of West Ham as like really happy go lucky and everyone's just loving it mm. and like really good. Did did you feel it change over the summer or was it more kind of gradual than that? I think it was when, obviously, the new owners took over, the Icelandic owners, and Tevez and Mascarano come in. It's when you you really sensed it was changing, yeah. Mm. Um, it was a really I've got really fond memories of that time because, as you say, it was a really young, hungry team, and mm. it felt really exciting under yeah. Pardew, didn't it? Mm. And it just felt like you know FA Cup final and a good run in league, and then suddenly it all just went from amazing to yeah. To, uh, just all fell apart. Obviously, we didn't get off to the be- best start of that season. Maybe there was a bit of complacency on on us as players, our behalf. We weren't performing the way we were performing the season before, so we've got to take some blame for it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we, we were losing. I think that was around about that time when we lost that game to Watford, who had just got promoted and they were bottom of the league, and we were horrendous on the day. And I remember the fans shouting, "You're not fit to wear the shirt," and all that. So they weren't happy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the Icelandic owners had a different vision for the club and I don't think Pardew was part of it um, but I think it, without doubt he should have been given time to turn it around it was, it was a no-brainer for me Was it the addition of Tevez and Mascherano in the changing room did it create No they were good tension? lads they were good lads there was nothing like that but just I don't know it was just um, the club had a different feel about it they didn't speak much English they had an interpreter with them 24-7 even on the training pitch and wow. that so um 
but we had a we had a good core group of boys who who really got on and they didn't disrupt that in any way they were they were good yeah. lads to be fair they weren't you know wrong ones or nothing like that mm. um but it, the club just felt like it was going in a different direction and, and obviously then the uh, Pardew went and the book curbishly Yes, yes. When, uh, whenever you speak to, very briefly, do you ever speak to Hayden Mullins anymore? Do I don't speak to him anymore. No. no I wonder no. what. I wonder when he looks back and he thinks I used to yeah. keep Mascherano. Mascherano was unbelievable in training. Really? I can't tell you how good he was. Like, <laughs> so, I couldn't so, believe Paz wasn't playing him. I was so, like, what's going on here? <laughs> like, he was negging people for fun. And and, I never knew that. Yeah. Well, I just assumed he was. No, he, never he was quite, a joke. Really, he was an absolute joke. Yeah, he was better than <laughs> Carlos in training. Carlos yeah. didn't really. I wouldn't say he didn't try in training, but he, he wasn't interested. It, I think with Carlos more than anything it was about I'll do it on a Saturday but yeah. Mascarano in training was was as good as I've seen to be honest I mean how was Mahida Mullins keeping him out of the team <laughs> maybe Pardew was going do you think Pardew maybe was going well no I'm going to prove a, a bit of loyalty to yeah. My, yeah, my yeah, maybe. maybe just prove and Hayden and, and Nigel seeing the four were brilliant to be fair yeah. to them but, you know they were very good Hayden was very calm on the ball very reassuring and, and played that holding midfield role really good so but I mean, what's Mascherano done? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, apart from all yeah. those Champions Leagues, he's won. Yeah, yeah I know. Um, incredible. So obviously, yeah, like you say, Pardew get Pardew gets sacked, and Curbs comes in. Thoughts on on Alan Curbs? Was he the right man? <clears throat> Honest opinion, that he yeah. won't he won't mark up the tea. Mm. Um, maybe in the fact that as soon as he'd come in, he bought Lewis Boy Amorte. And I was thinking, what's going on here? And he said, no, he's not going to replace you. And then two weeks later, he's in, in the team instead of me. So I was thinking, well, at least tell me the truth, you know? Just don't, yeah. don't feed me no lies. And um, But just as a man, he didn't have much about him, to be honest. He, 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 he was quite bland in many respects. And uh, um, But ultimately, he kept he kept us up in the end. By hook or by crook, he did. Look, mm. sort of baby Bentley situation. Do you know when he came yeah. out in that press conference? I mean, that kind of that was when the wheels fell. You know, we thought, oh god, we're going from disaster to disaster. He shouldn't have said that. He shouldn't have said. Even if he believed it, he should have pulled, you know, the lads that he thought were in this baby Bentley crew or whatever, and and pulled them to one side and told them. But at the end of the day, if you, if the lads have got the money to buy a nice car, then that's their prerogative. You know, they they can do what they want with their money. And I just think he shouldn't have said that. And that, that's that is where. It all went downhill from there, really. We want you to tweet a picture or go on Instagram, any social media method you like, of where you're listening to the podcast. And you can do so using the hashtag KUMBpod. And then the following week, we're going to review the images of where you were listening and decide amongst ourselves who, who was listening to the podcast in the best place or had the best view. Yes. So what you do is you take a picture, you go on Twitter or you go on Instagram, use the hashtag KUMBpod. We're going to review the photos and see who was watch, who was listening to this podcast with the best view. But what about like parts like? Uh, there's obviously a lot of rumours that you know he was he was messing he was messing around kind yeah. of like in in every sense imaginable. I mean, this is what the fans were. But do you think there was any truth to that? No, mm. no. You know, I've heard lots of rumours as well, and I'd be really, really surprised if those rumours are true. I don't think they are in any way, shape, or form. I might be wrong, but I'd be very surprised if I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what Alan, what Jimmy Walker said. So I'm starting to believe it. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so I mean, that the end of that. So if we go talk about matters on the pitch, Sunday, fourth of March, Spurs at home. Mm. I mean, one of the most traumatic matches. Uh, in like West Ham's long history, you know, 
10 points adrift from the fourth bottom of the league. Tevez scores. We're 3-2 up with five minutes to go. And then we end mm. up losing. Oh, yeah. That was, that was an unbelievable game. I, did, I don't think I played in that, did I? I'm, I can't remember. I don't think I did. I was, I was in the bomb squad, I think, because I was me. But, <laughs> yeah, that was... Um, yeah, that was heartbreaking that game, and I think was it after that or before that we played Sheffield United as well, and we got spanked four nil. And that's I genuinely thought after that game we're going down here because they went, I think four or five points clear of us, or maybe even more. And I looked a decent side, and ultimately they were the ones that went down yeah. in the end. But after them beating us at, at Bramall Lane, I thought we were, we are really in trouble there. Yeah, I that, think it was before, wasn't it? Because after Spurs, it seemed to somehow, being so close, seemed to galvanise yeah. the team, didn't it? Bring everyone, yeah. Bring yeah, everyone maybe together. it was before the Spurs game, I, yeah. I think it was actually after we lost at Bramall Lane because we won, we won uh, seven of our last nine, but one of the ones we lost in that run was at Sheffield United oh, okay. at Bramall Lane. Right. Um, but you missed our last three games of the yeah. season. Mm. Um, we, I was we, there, though. I was at the games, all of them, and... Um, yeah, that game at Old Trafford was. Uh, <laughs> you couldn't, you can't make it up, really, can you? <laughs> let's be honest. Beating Man United away, they're champions. Um, obviously, Carlos, he was unplayable those last dozen games. He, mm. he was, I wouldn't say single-handedly kept us up, but it's more as close. Yeah, as close as it gets, he was he was brilliant. And uh, like I said, I don't know how we did it, but we did. Yeah, it was it was frightening, really. What hap- what happened to the team to play that badly up until March, and then <laughs> suddenly? You know what? I think a, a big thing was Lucas Neal. He was an unbelievable captain, and when it was going really wrong and we were we were in trouble, big trouble, he just organised a couple of like afternoons um, after training on a Tuesday. Say we had a Wednesday off, and we'd all go out. Everyone, he said, everyone had to go, even like Carlos. Um, and Mascarano or any other, follow- other foreigners everyone had to be there otherwise you were fined and we'd go and have a nice meal we'd have a few drinks nothing silly we wouldn't get smashed or nothing like that but and just chat you know and you know a couple of hours and it really helped like everyone got to know each other a bit better especially the, the lads that had been coming um, that season and it really helped and I think Lucas has got a big hand uh, uh, well we deserve to say a, a big thank you to him because he, he was fantastic he was a great captain he was so many so many ex-players say that yeah, about he was brilliant Neil. he was a good man yeah I mean what would you think he was the best captain you played under for West Ham uh, yeah yeah well wow. was yeah he, he was brilliant yeah, mm. it's interesting with that the kind of the Icelandic lot that come like come in. Obviously, Scott Parker, Craig Bellamy, Freddie Lundberg, Kieran Dyer. There's, mm. there's, I mean, there's some big person personalities there. Do you think Lucas Neal was the shrewdest signing that they made? Yeah, without a doubt. Mm. Yeah. Oh, he, he kept the dressing room together. Obviously, you talk about a few of them. There's, there's a few nuggets in there, to say the least. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, and they were coming on massive wages, and they weren't really improving the team. If we're being completely honest. So it was getting the players' backs up, and uh, yeah, he he kept everyone together, and and that was that was a big reason why why West Ham stayed up in the end. Yeah. So oh, here we go. So it's uh, so I was just checking. So we lost four nil to Charlton. I remember that actually. I remember then that, then yeah. we lost four three to Spurs. Then we went on a little run where we beat Blackburn, Middlesbrough, Arsenal. Lost to Sheffield United three nil away. Mm. Chelsea four one at home. Then we beat Everton, Wigan, Bolton, and Man U. I mean, it's a crazy run, man. That is crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, and we've got some spankings in there as well. Haven't <laughs> we? Oh, yeah, also, like... Red Room of Reading, the six yeah. nil. Yeah. Oh. oh God, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't play in that game, thank, thank the Lord. But um, yeah, 
it was a topsy-turvy season to say the least yeah um and there was lots of things going on behind the scenes that didn't help and like I said I'd go back to it they should have given Hardy longer that, that's, and I don't think we'd have been in that situation was Te- was one of the issues Tevez gay obviously you know he shouldn't have there was all that whole thing no, going it, on about didn't bother the, the lads to be honest mm. no I wouldn't say it was that there was more things about obviously uh, <laughs> he was an okay bloke but I don't think he was the greatest manager in the world obviously, I'll be completely mm. honest and um, there was other things going on as well that, that didn't help yeah um but then we much improved like the following season. We we brought in those, some of those players, like you say, that obviously there's a few nuggets in there. I mean, uh, Kieran died and exactly earned his money over the next few yeah. years while he was there. Uh, memories of that man. Um, is he on the Christmas card list? No, I say he is. <laughs> I didn't have a, you know, I didn't like him. I didn't not like him. He was just like I said, it, it it got the lads' backs up that these players were coming in on huge wages. Mm-hmm. And they weren't improving the team. Yep. You know, fair enough if these players are going to come in and they're going to add something to the team and we're going to go on to the next level or what yep. have you. Then you think, you hold your hands up, you think, okay, fair enough. But they weren't. You know, mm. Most of them were injured. Um, I think Craig Bellamy come in done well, to be fair to yep. him. And he was a good professional. Uh, got the best out of players in training. Um, was he a wind ruthless. Up much, he, he was just ruthless in training. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> quite, um, quite harsh in many respects. But... Um, <clears throat> I think he done well, but he did, he wasn't there for too long, was he? he left no, they, well that was that was interesting because uh, in his autobiography, I think he talks about wanting to stay and that the club mm. got rid of him. It was Duxbury, wasn't it? Yeah, they were offering him out to Spurs and Man City, right? Yeah. And he came out and said, "Well, I want to stay here." Yeah, but I think they, he liked it in London. Said, yeah, yeah. Essentially said, "Laters." Yeah, I mean. Uh, he was good. He was a good little terrier, Bellamy. I'd yeah. like seeing him play it's longer. Sad, it's sad, really, because kind of the, the last couple of years of the club, obviously, is like they they give all this money to these players who don't really improve the team, the and then bug. suddenly they run out of money, and yeah. they're, they're shooing people out the door like Bellamy, and then yeah. ultimately yourself. Like, yeah, oh, can you play again, please, mate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give, no, it is what it is. It happens in football, you know, it's, and obviously well documented my personal life went in the best mm. place at the time either so that had a lot to, lot to do with it but it, ha- it happens to everyone in football players are always trying to or, or clubs are always trying to improve their team and, and players are going to come in and, and try and take your place and ultimately it's down to you to, to work hard and to, to prove that you deserve to be in that team mm. obviously you're on record of talking about your gambling addiction and obviously you, you come back from that and work with sporting chance to yeah. you know recover from that but how did it really affect your performances on the pitch was that like was that the thing for you that kind of made you lose your place and yeah definitely like that game you were just saying there, the Charlton game, when we got beat 4 0. I was, um, it wasn't brought out in the press, but I was in the, um, I was in sport in, in, in the clinic for a week mm. before that. I hadn't changed, and I just met the lads on the Saturday, and, and Curves played me for some mad reason. <laughs> and I come off at half time, I didn't know where I was, what I was doing. I was like, I wasn't in the right frame of mind to be playing, but Curves played me, and, and I come off at half time, but I mean, we got beat 4 0. So, um, yeah, there was a lot of things going on in my personal life. Obviously, down to myself, I don't blame anyone else. I made the decisions I made, but it just didn't help. And that probably, um, where the first few years were, were brilliant, I thought at West Ham, and I'd done really well. The, the last couple of years, I probably didn't. I had the odd glimpses here and there, I think, but on the whole, I didn't perform the way I wanted to perform. Yeah, I mean, could could West Ham have handled it better? Was it the case that maybe no. you shouldn't have been playing, or? Well, I think that game I shouldn't have played. On the whole, West Ham were brilliant. I'm, I'm not going to mm. sit here and say they weren't. I just think, like I said, I'd been in Sporting Chance Clinic the week before, um, the whole week leading up to that Charlton game. And, uh, you know, Curve said, 
I'm going to play you. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, but it probably wasn't looking back on it now. Obviously, hindsight is a wonderful thing, but I probably shouldn't have played. Yeah, and obviously, there's lots, there's lots of rumours that are, you know, allegedly your gambling debts were catching up to you in terms of training, like people coming outside and and asking for money from you or, or trying to collect extra bets. I mean, did it ever get that bad? Or yeah, it's, it, I'm doing a book next summer, and there's about <laughs> course, a, a million yeah. stories in there that yeah. you, you probably won't believe. It's <laughs> quite shocking. I've been obviously talking about it to the ghostwriter these last couple of months, and. I've tried to block, block most of it out, yeah, but yeah. Um, I've obviously been trying to rejog my memory now. And look, you know, when I'm telling these stories, it's quite shocking. And obviously, a, a big part of that time was my last couple of years at West Ham. So I'll save it for that. Yeah, of course. I mean, that that book is going to be obviously. Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be, I just, you know, I'm not saying it's going to be the best thing or anything like that, but it'll, it'll be very interesting reading in respects that you know some of the things that I was doing when I was gambling were just plain stupid, you know. So. Um, yeah, it'll be a decent read. <laughs> so it's, it's on the forum. Penfold seven one one said, um, "Is there enough support available for people out there, in, particularly in football?" No, this has been talked about so many times. Like, obviously, we're in a real macho business where, if to to admit a weakness or if you've got a weakness, you know, people thrive on that. You know, fans thrive on it. I was I get so much stick when I was playing after I come out and obviously the gambling stuff was there. You know, Lennis Atena, Matty, all that. And you've got to, you've got to be strong. But so people, I've had so many agents call me up saying, "Can you speak to such and such a player? He's banging trouble. His missus has left him. He's in all this debt." Um, and I've gone, "Yeah, I'll speak to him. No problem." Not yeah. one of these players. I've probably had a dozen phone calls. Not one of these players has actually called me because yeah. they don't want to admit defeat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't want to admit they've got a problem because they perceive it as a weakness. So. Um, Maybe more can be done. The PFA obviously got Sporting Chance, which is a great organisation. Um, but first and foremost, the, the people that, if you've got a problem, you've got to actually admit it yourself and, and yeah. come clean. And, and um, I don't think people are doing it. Yeah, I've got a friend who's a consultant in addiction. He was telling me that gambling addiction is actually one of the worst kind of addictions you can have because mm. it involves like no one can tell you're a gambling. No. It's not like, it's not the same as alcohol, for example, exactly. where you're walking, stumbling around, drunk, <laughs> and you have to construct like so much around you and so many lies to kind of hide oh, yeah. everything. I was the best liar in the world, honestly, mm. and I'm I'm not proud to admit that, but I was. You, it's the most dangerous addiction, I think. And people were saying, well, obviously alcoholism is an addiction, and and drug addiction but gambling is not an addiction why can't you just stop and I just think that's such an ignorant way to look mm. at it it's, it is an illness and there's no you know doubt in that fact it's an illness and it's a dangerous illness because like you said you can hide everything mm. you can you know tuck it away deep deep down no one has to know anything and you can go on about your, your normal life and, and no one knows what's going on mm. did, I mean there's, there's rumours that Pardew stopped the card schools but did, did, did he ever become aware that there might be a problem well, I think he just saw the, the money that was getting exchanged um, <laughs> it was and, in cash and we were bringing five grand cash to per person to every every way trip you know and, it's, and then you know if someone's got winning and got 15 grand on them you, you can, I, can I fire off you and you jot it down and you know people were losing 15 20 grand in one trip which is looking back on it now which absolute you know ridiculousness but it was what it was it happened yeah and then if we talk about the end of your West Ham career I mean you, I think you've said in the past that maybe you had to get out of London mm. was was that the case was that really yeah I think I needed a change um as much as I loved my time at West Ham and I loved the club and that's genuine that I did um, I needed a change I needed to get out of co- get out of country <laughs> yeah maybe get out of country as well get out of London and, and just 
have a bit of time to breathe and mm. um, sort my life out, basically. And luckily, that's what I did. Yeah, and then you went to Stoke. I mean, yeah. you carried on, had a great great few yeah, years no, there. Yeah, I had some good times at Stoke, to be fair. See the cup final and, and the semi-final scoring at Wembley, which is a dream of mine. Um, but again, got beat in the final. So two finals, two <laughs> yeah. defeats, but there we go. Yeah. So, so a few questions coming from the forum. Uh, Fozzy, Mr Kirby, says, uh, do you think you should could have played for the senior England side? Yeah, I think I was good enough. And that's not me being big-headed. I think that's me being realis- realistic. And there was times... Um, Definitely when I was at West Ham and at Stoke, um, little periods where I was good enough to play for England. Yeah, yeah. I mean, d- definitely. Like there, we had no one really on, on the left <coughs> yeah. wing who could could do what you could yeah. do in terms of getting balls in the, yeah. in the box. No, I, I, I genuinely that's one thing that I probably regret. Now I've retired, I never got that call up. But ultimately, it wasn't down to me, was it? It was yeah. down to whoever was picking the squads. We always have a little bit of a beef about it. The fact that West Ham players seem overlooked yeah. by it was the same players. at Stoke as well. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what like you know. The thing that bugs me is Roy Hodgson always goes on about and previous managers. You know, I'm going to pick players on form. It's not true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no. If if players are picked on form, then Aaron Cresswell should be in the England squad. It's yeah. as simple as that. But he ain't. Uh, yeah. Pink Palermo. We've kind of answered this, but I'm going to ask anyway. Was a goal against Ipswich Town the greatest ever moment in your life? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, the, the birth of my daughters has got to be unfair as well. But uh, That's what I like. yeah, that that was. Um, that was like I said the feeling I got yeah. from that goal was, was ridiculous um, a guy called I've got curly hair too uh, said where's your 2006 cup final shirt boxed up but boxed up very tidily and neatly in my garage <laughs> wow in the garage <laughs> yeah uh, you've played for a lot of Marmite managers mm. Fry, Hoddle, Rhoda, Curb, Zola, Pulis, Shoes you have <laughs> uh, who gave you the best bit of advice Probably Pulis. I was playing really well in the first season I went there and um, we were talking earlier about top players and that and I'd had a run of games where I was doing really well getting man of the match and he goes, right, if if you want to be a, a top player and you want to go and play for England, then you need to train even harder this week than you did last week kind of thing because I was bouncing, probably bolting about the place a little bit thinking, oh, you know, look at me, I'm mm. playing really well at the minute. And um, he was like, "You can kick on another level," but I never did, unfortunately. But that, I thought that was really. And that's why the best players are the best players. Apparently, you know, Ronaldo works tirelessly in training and always looking to improve, and, and that's why they are the best. Hmm. Uh, DC sixty four says, uh, "You're one of my favourite players." What made you dive against us in that? Oh, here we go. <laughs> here I mean, we we go. Should say a few people said that. <laughs> yeah. Asked that question. Uh, this, I reckon, there's got to be. Well, I don't know how many West Ham fans, but there's a lot that ain't forgiven me for that. <laughs> and, uh, listen, all I can say is, it, I didn't think I'm doing this against West Ham. I was genuinely desperate to get to an FA Cup semi-final, <laughs> and the referee was having an absolute mare. And I thought, <laughs> if I even if I go down here, he's going to give a penalty. He was dying to give us something to even things up, and I did it. And I'm not proud of it, and I apologise now to everyone. But I missed the penalty. Maybe subconsciously, I did, <laughs> you know, <laughs> did it on purpose. That's yeah. an interesting insight. Do you think this referee is having a nightmare? Really? Yeah, I reckon yeah. I, he, he was having a stinker because I think I think the. Picky on goal was there was it was was it handball or something like that. Something anyway, there was a few yeah. decisions that were going Picky on. It's a name yeah. I've not heard yeah. for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Dark times. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, and I just knew he was going to give us something. He was because mm. the crowd were on his back, and I just thought. I remember Scotty going because Tonks was playing right back at the time, and Tonks weren't happy, and, and Scotty's gone to Tonks. 
did you touch him? Tom's gone, no. He goes, oh, I didn't touch him. I was just looking at him thinking, you know. <laughs> yeah, anyway, Sorry, I, miss, I missed the penalty. So. Tom's is right back again at the minute. Yeah. Uh, right, and Colton's left boot says, "What? who was the most gifted player you had the pleasure of playing with? Um... Ravel Morrison was a joke, and when I trained with West Ham um, back end of the, well, sorry, the start of last season, I've never seen talent like it. But obviously, I didn't really play with him. I wasn't signed for the club or anything. <sighs> Joe Cole, when I played in England, under 16s and 18s, was was a freak. Mm. Some of the things, <laughs> he used, some of the things he used to do with football was was out of this world. Michael Carrick, I think he's been so underrated. Obviously, he's he's won loads of. Um, Premier Leagues and he's won the Champions League I think as well but he's, he's a very very good footballer so Tevez yeah. Mascarano obviously yeah Mullins Mullins <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah Champions League winner Hayden Mullins yeah. um, so West Ham now um, do you ever find yourself going down there yeah I went to a few games I haven't got to a game yet this season but I went to a few games last season um, and I'll definitely be getting down there this season again it's looking exciting it's the best squad I've seen for a long long time yeah um, do you, how do you fancy this season like? I think it'll be topsy-turvy as it has been for the for the opening eight games or whatever it's been yeah. you know, losing at home to Norwich and and Bournemouth is it yeah that was yeah. Really, yeah. you know it shouldn't be happening really the draw of Norwich lost to Bournemouth and Leicester Leicester yeah, yeah. sorry Leicester as well yeah um, so I, just, I think it will be one of those seasons but I just think at the minute was better Better set up to play away from home on a counter attack. The teams we've, with the team that we got with Paye and obviously Moses is going to be a good signing. I think Lanzini, yep. lots of pace in the team. So I think we're set up better to play away from home at the minute. And when teams are coming to Upton Park, they're sitting behind the ball quite a lot. So it's, it's hard to break them down. It's a different side of us that um, we'll need to need to work out. But exciting time. Like I said, the squad, the strength and depth is, is ridiculous and it's as good as I've seen. Yeah. Um, and last season at the Bowling, of course, mm. you know, place. Yeah, I'm sure you've got a lot of memories. Oh of. yeah, in fact, you know, I was down there today doing this, doing something for for West Ham official website, and um, just looking around that place. Obviously, I had some incredible times there, but the place is just steeped in history. It just, you know, mm. everything about it is is special, and it'll, it'll be a sad day when when the club moves. Yeah, when you walk around there, do you hear the ghosts of the horn? Blowing, yeah, yeah. Switch at I home, never even, I even really knew about that. Obviously, we were in the changing room, so didn't know what was going on. Attack! Yeah. Um, and then lastly, Olympic Stadium moving on there. Do you mm. think it's the right thing to do? Have you been there? I haven't actually been in the stadium. No, I've drove past it quite a few times. Um, it probably is the right move. Yeah, as sad as it is to leave that special ground, mm. it, it probably is the right move. And um, you have to say everything the chairman have done since they've come in so far has, has been good and for the good of the club and I can't see why this won't be either yeah. and now to the future I mean you've mm. touched on it there you've got the book coming out which is going to be explosive, explosive. <laughs> can't, read to, can't wait to read that um, and of course you're working with X-Pro now is it the charity? yeah doing a little bit with them um, yeah on and off just um, yeah charity work for, for ex-professionals that um, are struggling really in the game or out now they've left the game Um and playing lots of golf. That's <laughs> a long-term goal, coaching. Yeah, long-term goal. I want to get into management. I've done my B licence uh, in the summer. Enjoyed it. Found it really interesting. But I want to get into coaching um, at a lower level, academy or something like that. Um, to start off with, try and learn about myself as a coach, the way I'm, you know, what I'm good at, what I'm not good at. Um, but yeah, long-term goal is to become a manager. 
and any other team starting with West Ham you might you might be keen to manage no. maybe the ladies team <laughs> yeah. for example oh, I'd definitely be interested but obviously they've got a manager at the minute mm. the, it doesn't seem like it's going too well but um, <laughs> and that's putting it mildly but um, yeah who knows I, I'm, I'll definitely I'd definitely be interested if, if I had the opportunity um, but I th- from what I hear that the chairman is pretty happy with who he's got at the minute so um, we'll, we'll see we'll yeah. see yeah campaign yeah. begins yeah. <laughs> and what kind of management start of all your managers which one do you look at obviously probably not Glenn Roder <laughs> um, I think you've got to try and take a bit from everyone to be honest yeah. I don't know it'll be interesting um, first and foremost I'll, I'll try and get respect that's what you, you need to earn obviously earn respect but you need to get the respect off the players first and foremost otherwise you've got no chance so I think that's key what will you take from Rhoda possibly interior design yeah <laughs> some of his um, yeah some of his rooms in his house were quite nice yeah. <laughs> yeah, a hologram yeah, a hologram uh, he's a nice fella to be fair to him yeah. he was a good fella excellent alright well Matty thanks I mean, so much thank you so much I mean a tumultuous period of West Ham history and you were right there a part of it and of mm. course some of the greatest memories yeah we've definitely. ever had if probably the best night at Upton Park for me you were yeah. right there smashing it in top corner yeah no they were amazing times and like I said times that I'll never forget so I actually feel privileged to, to have uh, been part of those, those yeah. times you'll always have that West Ham FA Cup final shirt in the garage or maybe not maybe not in the garage <laughs> box in the maybe, garage maybe yeah. in Glen Roder's garage we can yeah. buy him out wonderful <laughs> 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 time and you're on Twitter too right I am yeah so feel free to abuse me on Twitter or anything like that and uh, as, as most people do you don't need yeah. to give them any reason to abuse <laughs> yeah. them they'll do it anyway I know yeah. Yeah. we just get blocked straight away I don't even bite back anymore so. <laughs> <laughs> um, what should uh, say is Chelsea at home this weekend quick prediction uh, oh, for yes. that one Palace, isn't it? Oh, uh, yeah, well, it's, it's pre-recorded. Oh, sorry, okay. <laughs> we, that, sorry. we smashed Palace at the weekend. <laughs> yeah. Chelsea cut 5-0 yeah. against Palace. Yeah. Chelsea next week. Well, it's very cliche, but it wouldn't be a better time to play them, would it? They're, they're in turmoil at the minute, so mm. they're all over the place at the back. Um, so you've got fancy chances. It's, 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 yeah, it could be a, a famous West Ham win. Yeah, take that. Is that you that positive? <sighs> yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, 3-1 West Ham. You never know. What a day that'd be. You never know with West Ham. <laughs> well, very true. Thank you very much, Matt Everton. Yeah, Matty, thanks for much. We'll speak so to you next much. week. In the meantime, come on your eyes. Come on your eyes. Get in touch with the show. Email us at podcast at KUMB.com. Join the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag KUMBpod. Or why not follow us? Chris is at CJ Skull with a C. James is at Longers1. And Graham, editor of KUMB, is at KUMB.com. If you're on Facebook, be sure to join the KUMB group for all the latest news and gossip. There's also the KUMB Forum for all kinds of chatter. Simply go to KUMB.com and click Forum. Finally, join the KUMB podcast mailing list. Click this podcast link on KUMB.com and sign up for exclusive content from the studio and be the first to know about upcoming live shows. Come on, you irons. Hold up. 